Welcome to Shekinah International Podcast. Our ministry reflects the five-fold ministry model Apostle Paul mentions in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. Our podcast features leaders from multiple churches who are passionate about equipping Christians just like you to walk in purity and power, fulfilling your God-given purpose. God wants to do great exploits through you, so enjoy today's podcast. I just want everyone to know that Cammie told me I look Mexican today, and I see that as an accomplishment. Um... (laughs) Apparently, I don't look Mexican every other day, so. Yeah, it was just Mexico's Independence Day on the 15th. We, I'm sure they partied somewhere. It wasn't me, but I'm sure they partied somewhere. Okay, cool. Oh, I have this thing. I'm sure it was a fiesta. Uh-huh. We should party. Um, <laughs> Holy Spirit. <laughs> um, so today I thought I would just talk about my testimony because I was talking to the Lord and I was like, Jesus, what do you want me to say? And he was like, well, he's like, you haven't given your story in a while, so let's do that. And I was like, okay. Um, this title, all credit goes to Stephanie because she came up with it. My title was going to be my testimony. And she said, say his story because it's your history with the Lord and it's the Lord's story. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, um, today's kind of going to be like a narrative style more so than what we usually do, like teaching, like this is the verse and this is what you learned. It's going to be, this is my story, (laughs) and this is what I learned, and you can learn it too, and yeah, okay. Please excuse my awkwardness. Okay, cool. Okay. (laughs) All right. So, (laughs) thank you. Um, So I'll try not to read directly from this, but I make no promises because I forget my words a lot. Um, So yeah, Uh, today I wanted to share with everyone kind of my journey through healing. Um, Because when I was talking to the Lord, he was kind of, I was feeling like a lot of stuff from my past was being brought up again and just emotions from my past and just things that I was hearing from family members about my past, and all of those feelings resurfaced, and I was like, God, why? (laughs) Like, we've been through this. Like, I'm so tired of feeling this way. I'm so tired of hearing about this. Like, why? (laughs) And so he was kind of like, be gentle with yourself. Like, your healing is going to be lifelong, and that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing that healing is lifelong. It's it's not that you're going to be broken your entire life. It's that things are going to come up. You're going to be reminded. You're going to have that feeling again because that's just how life is. But each time it gets easier because you've been through it before. Each time it gets easier because you know what to do with it now. Um, So I wanted to share my journey through healing, but also my journey with Jesus, and how he's been working through my life. 
because I feel like testimonies are powerful things. Um, the entire Bible is a testimony. <laughs> so I, I feel like it, it's very powerful to have a testimony to share with people how you've encountered the Lord and what he's done for you. And not only does it encourage people, but it brings glory to God each and every time because it's like this is what the Lord did for me. He doesn't lie when he says that he can do these things. Um, so I, wa I wanted to share my testimony truthfully and vulnerably in hopes that it would encourage someone or motivate someone to have faith um, and to keep going. Um, so I'll start from the beginning. Beginnings are important. Um, every good book has a great beginning, even if it's just in the beginning. <laughs> yes. Um, so a great story has a great beginning, and I really feel like in the beginning is a great beginning. <laughs> um, so let's see here. I was born in New Jersey in a small town called Vineland, the land of vines. Our symbol is grapes on a vine. <laughs> um, I was born unexpectedly. Uh, I don't think that my parents were kind of planning for me or were like, hey, I want another kid. I mostly just popped out. <laughs> I was like, hey, <laughs> I'm here. Um, they had my brother, and I think after they had my brother, they were kind of like, yeah, we're done. Like, we're not going to have any more kids. And God was like, you thought. <laughs> and so, uh, like my name means, which apparently I looked it up, and it means that I am a precious gift from God. So even though I was a surprise... I was a gift from the Lord, and hopefully they're happy with what they got. <laughs> um, so from what my family tells me, I was a pretty spunky kid with an attitude. You probably can't tell now because I don't talk. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, apparently. Um, so I'm going to tell you guys a story. I want you to know I don't condone this in any way, just so you have an idea of what I was like as a kid. I don't remember this, by the way, but this is what I was told. <laughs> so when I was about three years old, um, my, um, so my uncle came into the room and he saw me running after my brother with my hand in the air and he looked at what I was holding and apparently I had a knife chasing my brother with this knife, right? I don't condone this again. I'm saying, I'm just letting you know what kind of kid I was. I don't know where I got the knife, but apparently I was pretty resourceful then, <laughs> as I am now. <laughs> anyway, I've, uh, I've turned my ways around, and I'm using that energy for the kingdom in a positive way. <laughs> um, another story that they told me was actually a year later. So when I was four, my brother and I fell asleep on the couch while my family was watching a very funny TV show. Apparently something really funny happened because they all started laughing. <laughs> I did not think this was funny. <laughs> I apparently gave my opinion pretty often whether or not it was wanted. <laughs> so I sat up pretty quickly and I was like, everybody shut up, I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> and they all looked at me 
and looked at each other, and I literally just, like, fell right back to sleep, and they all started laughing. I was four. I really don't know where I got this from, you guys. You wouldn't know it now, because now I just sit there. I don't even give my opinion, but... So, yeah, that's kind of the type of kid that I was. Again, I don't condone this way of life. (laughs) Not really. I I don't think it's, like, the best. (laughs) Obviously, our human emotions are going to get ahead of us. Um, But I guess as a three- or four-year-old, maybe it came off as adorable. (laughs) I'm sure that the Lord was up there like, ooh, (laughs) we have a feisty one, friends. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of like the beginning of my beginnings. And with that, I wanted to share Galatians 1.15. Um, and it says, but then God called me by his grace and chose me for my birth to be his. So even though I wasn't planned by my parents, I was already chosen by God. <laughs> um, I don't know if I put that one in here. Is that what that says? Oh, there you go. I didn't plan that well, I'm sorry. I inherited that from my parents. (laughs) Um, Okay, so moving on from there. uh, So then I turned five, um, and kind of life took a turn for me. So when I was five, I was abused by one of my uncles, basically taken advantage of. Um, I didn't fully understand what was happening. I was even more confused because after every encounter, he would apologize to me. And as a child, if somebody says, I'm sorry, you're kind of like, okay, like they didn't mean it. Like like what's done is done. Um, So... After every encounter, I would just tell myself, don't cry, like, it's okay, like, they apologized. Um, But now that I look back, uh, I feel like probably not crying wasn't the healthiest thing to do, because even Jesus cried. Um, And I think a lot of me not letting out my emotions then is why (laughs) it was so hard for me to let out my emotions when I started healing. Um, because I felt like sharing my feelings or sharing what I'd been through was a burden to other people. Um, And I didn't want to burden people with the fact that I wasn't okay. That wasn't how I was raised. But the vulnerability of sharing that you're not okay means that you can heal so that you can help other people around you. Um, So as time went on, Um, I would later be taken advantage of by another uncle and my oldest brother's best friend. Around this time, my brothers and I started attending a youth group on Wednesday nights. We met a family that lived down the road from us who were believers. So this was my first encounter with anyone who believed in God. Like, I had no idea who God was or, like, what that life was like or even, like, what believing those things was like. Um, I met these people through my older brothers. I guess they knew them from school or something. But I would go to their house, and literally their house was always, like, super bright and happy, and, like, all of the kids were always so full of joy, and it's because they believed in the Lord, and, like, their garden was so full, like, they were always gardening, and they were like, hey, come with us to um, 
come with us to our Wednesday children's Bible study thing. And I was like, okay, like probably my parents should have questioned more where these strangers were taking us. But um, I honestly think that was the Lord just giving me a taste of what he had in store for me. And I don't fully remember everything that I learned when I was there because I was so young, but I knew that I learned about God and just kind of all the children's stories that they tell for kids. Um, so eventually my parents um, decided that they wanted to get divorced. So those friendships ended. I didn't really, I wasn't able to go to those Bible, children Bible studies anymore. Um, and my mom quickly moved on with another person. Um, and my brothers and I would split our time between my mom and dad's house. I remember at this time in my life not really having much. Um, my relationship with my mom wasn't really doing great, but I didn't really think that I had a relationship with my mom anyway. <laughs> so um, I kind of leaned more on my dad when I was growing up. Um, my mom grew very addicted to online gaming. We never had food in the house. So my brothers and I resorted to stealing food from the corner market. <laughs> Not the best thing to do because we did get caught after like the 20th time. <laughs> but we were hungry and the, I think the store owner understood that we were hungry so he didn't call the cops or anything. Um, but anyway, thieving is not good, don't do it. <laughs> um, I also remember uh, when I was in school as a kid, while all of this was still going on, I don't think that I was very well dressed, <laughs> which is probably the case because I had to dress myself and basically take care of myself and everything. And I think the teachers kind of knew that, so they ended up like donating like large trash bags full of clothes to me. And at the time, I was super excited because I was like, ooh, like, what's in this bag? Um, but now that I look back, I'm kind of like, wow, I must have been really neglected if this is how people around me saw me. Um, so through all of this and the continued abuse by my uncle, because that was still going on periodically, um, I found ways to entertain myself. Uh, between me and my brothers, we found ways to get into trouble. Um, but I also spent a lot of time by myself. Um, I really enjoyed my own company and my inner monologues and that kind of thing, and I kind of still do, and Cammie doesn't understand it, but <laughs> Cammie busts in and she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm just sitting here talking to myself. Cammie and I are the opposites. Like, she's very much like, talk to me, and I'm very much like, I want to talk to myself. <laughs> but I think that's why we're such good friends, because she wants to talk to me, and I want to talk to me, so. <laughs> Sorry. So. In one of these many late-night conversations, I would also talk to this person that I knew to be God. Um, I don't even really remember when this started as a kid. I just remember um, talking to God and just, like, knowing that I could ask him for things. <laughs> so I'd be like, God, like, I really need this. Or, like, God, could you do this for me? And, and just things like that. Like, I would have conversations with him. Um, and looking back now, 
I know that the Lord enjoyed my conversations with him. I know that he enjoyed my imagination, my presence, and my heart. And even though I didn't always get it right because I was a kid, um, he still enjoyed me and he still enjoyed my conversations, which is why I really believe, like everyone says, there's no Holy Spirit Junior. Because if I had these interactions as a kid, imagine what other children are interacting with the Lord as well. They, and that's why it's important to like talk to them about these things and like share with them how, like what the Bible is and what's in the Bible and what the Bible says so that they can better understand what they're, what they're going through. Um, so even though I didn't get it right, I knew that a father who truly loves their child enjoys walking with them even as they get it wrong. Um, I do believe that God walks with us when we're first learning who he is. He walks with us even as we get it wrong. Because if you look at Jesus and the disciples, they got it wrong often. <laughs> and most of the time, I'm sure Jesus thought it was funny. Like, sons of thunder, come on now. I thought that was funny too, actually, because that's me most of the time. But I'm glad that the Lord has a sense of humor. Um, so I remember one night specifically, my uncle was driving my brother and, and me back to my mom's house. And I remember sitting in the back seat with my brother being so angry. I was angry at my situation, angry that I didn't have the courage to say what, I, what was going on with me. And angry that this person could just sit there and act like he'd never done what he'd done to me. And I looked out my window up to the night sky, and I knew that the Lord was looking down at me. I knew his face was shining on me when I heard his voice for the first time. I heard his voice, and all I could do was repeat back what he had spoken to me. And I remember him saying, when you're 15, this will all be done, and I'll take you out. And so I continued, thank you, saying back to him, when I'm 15, you'll take me out of this. When I'm 15, this will be over. So hearing that was enough for me to keep going. I think even as a child, I wondered often why I was alive and why I had to go through the things that I had to go through. But again, the Lord has a purpose for everything. Of course, it's not his plan for, for there to be hurt and pain and for the world to be as terrible as it is sometimes. But he has a plan to use that pain in your life. And it's not always going to be there. Eventually, that pain will turn to joy. Um, so I held on to that word for the next six years of my life. <laughs> Um, and after that encounter, my mother told us that she was leaving. Um, she, so she was moving to Michigan at that time, um, because of stuff that was going on with her dad. I remember I asked her if I could go with her, but she told me that I had to stay with my dad. She only took our oldest brother with her. And I remember at the time, um... We had also just found out that my oldest brother was only our half-brother, and so we didn't share the same dad. So that's why she took my oldest brother with her. 
And while my heart was broken then, I think maybe it was a blessing in disguise that I didn't go with her because staying with my dad really helped me learn the importance of faith. Um, I grew up in the Catholic Church, and that was kind of my background. Um, And I feel like the Catholic Church really helped me learn the importance of faith, the importance of honoring God. There's definitely a lot of things that are wrong, but for my experience and what God did through me, um, he was able to teach me the importance of faith in that, in that time in my life, in that season in my life. Um, so I remember when I first moved in with my dad, uh, we lived in a two-bedroom apartment at the time, and there were seven of us. Um, so we had to kind of split up the two rooms, and then whoever's left slept on the couch. Um, So one night, I noticed that my dad was praying. It's kind of hard not to notice because there's no space. Everyone's close and together. And if you know me now, that is not something that I enjoy. (laughs) I need my own space. (laughs) Um, But at the time, that kind of was out of the question. So um, I noticed him praying, and I remember asking him to teach me the prayers because I wanted to learn. And the prayers that he would do was just like the Our Father Who Art in Heaven type stuff. And then praying and asking that God would provide the things that we needed because we didn't have much. Um, Whenever I needed something or whenever I wanted something, it was kind of like always no. And so then eventually I just didn't ask for things because I was like, well, I don't really need it. And like, even if I really wanted it, we didn't have the provision to get those things. Um, so I asked him to teach me how he was praying, um, because I wanted to learn and I, I wanted to honor God, even if I didn't fully understand yet why or what that even meant or looked like. Um, and then eventually my dad was able to find a house for us to live in. And to this day, I look back and that was probably the, one of the best times in my life living in that house. Um, It was probably the biggest house I'd ever lived in. Uh, It had four bedrooms, two bathrooms, and a huge backyard that had a river running through it. And at that time, I really believed that it was God providing me a place of refuge. Um, Even though um, my uncle decided to come with us and live with us, I still felt a peace in that home that I didn't feel in other locations. Um, Because it was so away from the world, basically, there was just so much peace. And in that home, I got to learn more about who God was. Um, And when we moved in there, we started going to church. Uh, I'd never been to church before. I didn't know what happened in a church, but then After the first encounter, I uh, honestly didn't really like it because it was too long. (laughs) My brother never came with us. Um, He very adamantly said no each and every time. And so it was just me and my dad because I didn't want my dad to feel sad going by himself. And I was always the good kid. So (laughs) I was like, yeah, let's go, dad. But when I tell you two hours of kneeling and standing, kneeling and standing, I could only take so much. (laughs) 
Um, but other than that, I did enjoy being there. <laughs> I, I did get to learn a lot about, um, about God, and I enjoyed learning about this person who could see all and know all. Like, I just thought that was so amazing at the time that, like, there was a God who saw everything, heard everything, and knew everything. And I think for me, if I'm being honest at that time, I was glad that he could see and know all because that meant that he understood what I was going through. Um, and if I couldn't tell anyone else, I could tell him because he already knew. Um, so after some time of going to this church, um, I my dad eventually was like, hey, like, do you want to get baptized at this church? And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I guess I'll get baptized. And at the time, I really only said yes because it was the rite of passage to having a sweet 15. <laughs> so in Mexican families, they have uh, sweet 15s or quinceañeras. And for these types of parties, like, you have to have, have been baptized and have your first communion and confirmation and all that. And so I was like, ooh, I want one of these parties. Like, <laughs> I want to wear these fancy dresses. And so I started going to these classes where they talk about the Bible and all this stuff. And <laughs> I was, like, really excited. And then so when I was 14, I got baptized. Me and my brother got baptized at the same time. So it was really weird because I was the oldest kid there. <laughs> All these other kids were so much younger than me. And me and my brother were kind of just standing there. My brother was wearing this white suit, and he hated every moment of it. It was great. And I was wearing this really long white dress, and I thought I looked great. I was happy. And <laughs> when you're getting, I think, your first communion or confirmation or something, they ask you who you want your your baptism name to be or your first I don't really remember anymore how that works but I remember that I chose Mary <laughs> and my brother not really understanding like how anything worked said that he wanted to be Joseph <laughs> and so I was like oh okay and I like I didn't really understand either but now that I look back I'm like mm, why did nobody stop us <laughs> So anyway, I went through all of that, and honestly, after that day, I really was like, I really felt like it was a new beginning for me. Um, later that night, because they, they threw a huge party, I really believe that we throw parties because people are breathing. Like, literally every day is a party, <laughs> but this was just an excuse to throw a party. Um, so later that night at the, par at the party, I was like, wow, God, like, I remember thinking, like, this is a new beginning for me. This is a new start. Like, I'm pure now. Like, I remember thinking that I'm pure. Like, doesn't matter what I went through. Like, everything's going to be okay. And I was also really excited for my sweet 15. <laughs> but it turns out I never actually had that party because I chose to go to Columbia instead. So it was not all for naught. Um, but before I ended up going to Columbia, um, I remember thinking I, I was going to take this thing seriously. I was baptized. I was going to take it seriously. So I was like, I really need to know who this God person is because I've basically said, hey, I want to be a part of your family. But like, how do I do that? Like, I don't even know who you are. So 
I remembered asking my dad to buy me a Bible. And my dad looked at me and he was really confused. Because <laughs> he didn't even have a Bible. He never read the Bible. He just went to church. He was so confused about why I was asking him for a Bible. And I was like, well, I want to read the Bible. Like, I want to know God's story. Like, I want to know what happened. And like, he was like, okay. So we ended up going to a Kmart, if anyone remembers what that place is. <laughs> We went to a Kmart, and we picked out a Bible, and he was like, but is that the right Bible? And I was like, Dad, I don't know. I think this is the right Bible. Um, turns out it was a New King James Bible, and I had no idea what was going on in there. <laughs> there were a lot of, like, these and thys, and I was like, well, if this is what the Lord wants, like, I, if I'm being honest, I never made it past Genesis, but... In the beginning was a very powerful verse for me, okay? <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and I was like, yeah, he did. <laughs> like, he is so amazing. I'm like, from the very beginning, there was God. Like, that verse carried me through until I met Holy Spirit-filled people. <laughs> um, I was just happy to say that I owned a Bible at the time. <laughs> So, okay, so after I bought that Bible and I felt super proud of myself for reading Genesis and not understanding a word of it, um, my dad and I went to Columbia. So my dad at the time was planning on remarrying uh, this person in Columbia, which didn't really happen, but he was like, do you want to come with me? And I was like, and not have to go to school? Yes. <laughs> So it was like November, like halfway through November when we left. And um, so like right in the middle of school. And I remember thinking, wow, I'm missing all this school. But I was just happy to go to another country and like get to experience new things. Um, and I think it was planned at that time for us to live there for a while because they were looking at me getting in, into like the schools there and stuff. But that didn't work out like God had a timeline for me so I had to go back home um so we came back to the states two months before my 15th birthday um yeah so two months before my 15th birthday thank you Sorry, friends, I don't talk a lot. <laughs> um, and a month after I turned 15, after I got back, so it was like April, I think, because my birthday's in March. Um, everyone had found out basically what was going on with me and what I had been going through. Um, because I had like very slowly confided in different people what my experience was. And they had confided in my dad, and so my dad confronted me about it. And basically, what went down from there probably wasn't the best response to what I'd gone through. Um, my mom ended up filing a police report, and my uncle was taken to jail. And because of that, my family basically kicked me and my dad out. Um, they were upset that 
he would put his own brother in jail. And basically they were doubting my experience and what I was telling them happened. So because of that, and we had to stay in a hotel for two weeks until school ended. And then I ended up moving to Michigan with my mom because she basically was like, you can't stay there anymore. And a part of me was a little frustrated by that because I was like, you left me here and now you're telling me that I can't stay here. But God had a plan um, in having me move to Michigan. Um, let me see here. So I moved to Michigan with my mom and was craving a church community because I would go to church so often with my dad, but I didn't have anyone to go to church with here. Well, in Adrian, where I was. I drank it all. <coughs> Sorry. Um, and church was kind of my only connection to God because I didn't understand what I was reading in the Bible. And so I was angry that I didn't have anywhere to go to connect with God. And that eventually led me to being angry with God, which isn't very logical. Like he just took me out of a situation where bad things were happening to me. <coughs> Sorry. And now I was angry with him because he took me out. But I realized now that I was angry that he took me out because I wasn't surrounded by family and friends anymore and people that I felt comfortable with. Um, so even though my anger was illogical at the time, it was part of my healing, I think. Um, and that was when I met Lauren. Uh, you guys don't know who that is. Um, Cammy knows who that is because we went to her wedding. But I met Lauren, and she introduced me to Holy Spirit and people who were filled with Holy Spirit. And when I tell you I was shocked, <laughs> I was like, these people aren't normal. <laughs> I was like, this can't be the Bible. I was like, there's no way this is in the word. <laughs> um, but <laughs> this stop like with Lauren was actually my first stop to healing. Um, even though it looked crazy, right? I feel like our first stop to healing might look crazy often. Um, wow, I don't talk a lot. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, my friendship with Lauren wasn't the greatest to start out. <laughs> she was just starting off as a Christian herself. So she would minister to me a lot, but it wasn't in the most loving way. <laughs> it was like, you're not supposed to do this, and you're not supposed to do that. And I was kind of like, it was hard for me to respond to that because I felt like that wasn't the God that I knew, you know. 
But I feel like it was important for me to meet her because she led me to the prayer room here in Michigan State. And I feel like because of her, I tried, I I persevered more in my relationship with God, even though I didn't fully understand it. So after graduating high school and all that, I ended up going to Michigan State uh, with Lauren. And she ended up inviting me to the House of Prayer East Lansing. I did not really know what to expect. (laughs) I'd never been to a prayer meeting before. Um, And I was honestly still super hesitant about what that looked like because I'd seen some of the other stuff that she was doing and, again, still thought that these people were crazy. Sorry, I realized that we're not crazy now. Um, so I was sitting at the house of prayer waiting for Lauren to show up but she was late and somebody ended up coming up to me to talk to me which was terrifying (laughs) Um, I was not planning on talking to anyone or having any sort of socialization or conversation. And this lady just comes up to me (laughs) and says, hi, my name is Irene. (laughs) And I was like, hi, my name is Jackie. Like she was literally running out the door and she stopped to talk to me. And then literally five seconds after knowing this person, she goes, do you want to get coffee with me sometime? And I was like, um, no. (laughs) But I said yes instead, even though I was thinking this is really weird, no. But yeah, so I ended up going with her. And Miss Irene was my first mentor, basically. Do you know her? Oh, you do? I feel like she gets around, like everybody knows her. (laughs) She's such a social butterfly. Oh, you brought me more water? Thanks, because I'm slowly dying up here. (laughs) Apparently my mascara is running. Sorry guys, I wasn't made to conversate. Um, so in my path from healing, Miss Irene was really important because she got me to talk (laughs) about what I'd gone through. If you've ever met Miss Irene, you can't not talk. (laughs) She pulls it out of you. And I feel like I've learned that technique to an extent because I pull things out of people too. (laughs) but I think it's because I'm so quiet and people just feel like the, it's, a, it's a good place to talk. <clears throat> so with Miss Irene and her encouraging me to talk, 
um, that's where I first learned about the love of the of the Father, like what it is to have somebody love you unconditionally, regardless of what you've done, regardless of where you've been or what if, what has happened to you. He still loves you. Um, Um, Irene was also a person who continued to point me back to Jesus. She didn't try to fix my problems for me, even though that's what I thought was what healing looked like. You talk to someone and they fix your problems for you. But no. <laughs> um, you, d you have to go to Jesus, basically. And Jesus fixes it for you. Um, so all this time, I've kind of been a lone ranger. <laughs> um, aside from Miss Irene, I didn't really have anyone else in my life. And I was really falling into like a very deep depression. Um, really contemplating my life and what the purpose of it was, <laughs> again. Um, and really just wanting t for it to end. And... I realized that it was because I didn't have any friends. <laughs> and so I started to pray that God would bring me a best friend. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. <laughs> I think it's because I was lonely. <laughs> but I was not ready for the type of best friend that he was bringing me. <laughs> But I remember praying every night, Lord, I need a family. Lord, I need friends in my life. Lord, like so desperately, like in tears, bawling. And Irene was like, hey, like, why don't you come to the prayer room and actually attend and do stuff? And so I was like, okay, like not fully ready or expecting what was about to happen in my life. Um, so I started attending this prophetic singing class. <laughs> I'm laughing because Cammy and I look back at it now and we're like, oh man, that was terrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's okay, we were children then. <laughs> I, I started attending this prophetic singing class and there was this girl sitting across from me, like, super shy, like, very quiet. Not much how you see her now, if you see her around. She is not that. And Justin, um, at the very end, says, oh, Jackie, have you met Cammie yet? And I was like, Cammie, the girl who sings better than me? <laughs> I was very insecure at the time. And he was like, uh, yeah, Cammie, this is Cammie. I think you were just turning 18 at that point. You were still 17, I think. And <laughs> literally Cammie from that day was like, you're awesome. Like, you're my best friend. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're my best friend. I love you so much. Like, and then like literally from then, like, I literally was not ready, you guys. Like, Cammie was like, here is all my love. 
And I was like, <laughs> not because like Cammy, not because Cammy was weird, because I was. I didn't know how to receive love or hugs. I didn't like hugs. <laughs> but every time Cammy saw me, she was like, Jackie. And I was like, uh. I look back now and I realize that I needed it. <laughs> I needed her aggressive love. <laughs> I still need it now, Cammy. <laughs> um, so then I met Cammy's family. Um we were doing like pretzels or something. <laughs> it was like a pretzel thing. Cammy had invited me to do it. And I really wanted to say no. <laughs> but I was like, I don't want to hurt her feelings. So I said yes. It really was the Lord being like, you need to meet these people, right? And I was like, but Lord, no. Even though I just prayed, Lord, let me find people. <laughs> So that morning, I had forgotten that buses didn't run for some reason. And I was like, oh, bummer. I can't meet you guys because the buses don't run. And Cammy goes, oh, where are you at? We'll come get you. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, OK. So literally, like, God is like, we're going to do this for you. Like, each and every time, he's like, we love you. We love you. And I'm like, uh, stop. <laughs> So anyway, they picked me up, and I, I remember the car door opening and, like, just seeing all of these people, and I'm like, wow, look at these models. <laughs> I, honest to God, really thought that when I first met you guys. <laughs> like, I'd never seen people so beautiful in my life. <laughs> Can't me laughs now. <laughs> And that was the start of my adventure with the Lord. <laughs> the crazy, erratic, chaotic adventure with the Lord. I think through meeting Cammy and her family, I really learned what it looked like to be loved and accepted and not used. Um, and through those experiences, I was able to experience true family, regardless of what that looks like now. Um, I know for me, those experiences were real. And I have no doubts that that can be replicated in a kingdom way. Um, I experienced healing in my heart through Jesus and the people he sent to me. And because of that healing, I was able to travel to Mexico for the first time after everything that happened in my family. And I was able to stand in front of my family without shame. I was able to look at my grandfather in the eyes after he had told my dad that he wished he would die for sending my uncle to jail. I was able to look my grandmother in the eye after she suggested that I probably slept around all the time and that's why my uncle abused me. 
and I was able to look my uncle in the eye and say that I forgave them. But don't get me wrong, I still have my days where my flesh feels the anger and I have to lay it down again. But for the most part, the Lord has taken care of those areas in my heart that so craved the love of Jesus because of what I'd experienced. And it, my heart was so broken that the only one who could fix it was Jesus. He worked through the people in my life to fix it, but he was the one who did it. And I can say that for the first time I went back to Mexico to visit my family after everything that happened, I walked into that little town's church and I prayed for my uncle. I prayed for him without anger, without hate or disgust. I genuinely prayed that the Lord would heal him, that he would have learned what he needed to learn and that he would live rightly moving forward. But most of all, that he would know the love of God. I realized through the years that that situation is not something that I could bring justice to. For the 10 years of my life that he took away, he had only served three in prison. And I had learned that that was because they only charged him for two years of the abuse that I'd gone through. And I wanted to be angry all over again because I read the deposition from that time, and I probably shouldn't have. Curiosity gets you in trouble, friends. But I needed to know what people were saying at that time. And it was all so twisted. The truth was twisted in so many ways because nobody wanted to take responsibility. But healing is an everyday response. It doesn't stop. The process just gets easier and quicker. And the Lord still sits on his throne. There's no justice I could come up with that would be better than what he has planned. Um, so I guess I just wanted to share, like, healing continues. Uh, even if you're in a moment in your life where you need healing, look back to another moment in time when you've desperately needed the Lord and see where he has answered you. And it could be healing of a relationship, of a body ailment, whatever that looks like. You're simply in another moment in time in your life another season. There are times when we need to look at our lives in the bigger picture because it's so easy to focus on our situation. This moment is just a dot in our timeline. And that's when we need to use our Zoom functions. <laughs> um, if you have trouble seeing past your circumstance or your very, very, very intense emotions, as I would like to refer to my spunky attitude. Zoom out and see where the Lord is. I believe there you can find peace. <clears throat> or look back on your testimony and be encouraged for what he's already done and what he can do moving forward. Um, 
I had planned to read through Psalm 139, the Passion Translation, but I don't think I will. I feel like if you're, if you would like, maybe that could be something that you do in your quiet time because I really feel like there's some good stuff in there about who you are. I think the reason that when I moved here initially I was so depressed was because although I had my faith that I, I thought it looked like at the time, I didn't have my identity. And I didn't know who I was in relation to God. Psalm 139 will help you with that. And if it's something that you've forgotten, Psalm 139 will remind you. <clears throat> The one thing I did want to share, though, is Psalm 84, because I thought it was interesting. I don't know if I put it up there. What does that say? Is it that? Sweet. Um, so it says, how enriched are those who find their strength in the Lord? And in that part, the Aramaic says, how blessed is the son of man with you as his helper. And it goes on to say, within their hearts are the highways of holiness. <clears throat> For this part, the Hebrew literally says, roads are in their hearts. It implies the ways, roads or highways, that lead to God's holy presence. Your heart is what will lead you to Jesus and his holy presence. Um, even when their paths wind through the dark valley of tears, they dig deep to find a pleasant pool where others find only pain. He gives to them a brook of blessing filled from the rain of an outpouring. They grow stronger and stronger with every step forward. And the God of all gods will appear before them in Zion. Thank you for listening today. Take a moment and ask Holy Spirit what He wants you to do with what you've learned. And remember, with God, all things are possible. So keep dreaming, keep praying, and simply obey. Because God is good, and He has good plans for you. You can subscribe to our blogs, learn about our speakers, and even hear from one of our team members how you can take part in transforming a city your city with Christ. There's no time like the present. Visit ShekinahOnline.com. If this doesn't excite you, watch for our new and God-inspired product line, a newly released book by Stephanie Butler, and more testimonies from our listeners like you, working to bring unity in cities across the world. If you feel led to support our podcast, you may do so on our Shekinah.com website. Or if you would like to support us monthly, there is a link labeled Listener Support on every podcast. Until next time, we thank you, we love you, have a blessed day.